You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. The Ensemblist is brought to you in part by our new Patreon members, Colin Elijah, Josh Fiedler, Joanne T. Garvin, Linda Lee, and Joey Soji. You can join them in supporting the work we do for as little as $5 a month. Learn how at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Some hearts can conform, fitting the norm. You're listening to Queer Characters on Broadway, a new miniseries from The Ensemblist. I'm your host, Jackson Klein. I just kept on failing. I guess that was a sign. Welcome back, listeners. I hope you enjoyed our history lesson last week. Throughout the remainder of this miniseries, I want to dive into the minds of some of the queer artists who have recently played queer characters on Broadway. Last season, The Prom leapt onto the Broadway scene, delighting audiences with an original queer-themed musical just in time for the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. In The Prom, teenage lesbian Emma Nolan is banned from attending her high school prom with her girlfriend, Alyssa. When a group of narcissistic Broadway performers hear the news, they travel to Indiana to help Emma and pick up some good press along the way. While this premise sounds quite humorous, which it is, The Prom also moved audiences with its great heart and depth. This week, we asked Caitlin Kinnanen, who received a Tony nomination for the role of Emma, into the studio to chat about her experience as a queer artist bringing this role to life. In addition to the prom, Caitlin has performed on Broadway in Spring Awakening and the Bridges of Madison County. Here's our conversation. So fears all in the past, fading so fast, I won't stay hidden anymore. I'm who I am, and I think that's worth fighting for, and nobody else. America, we are endowed by our creator, with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. Hi. 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 Can you please introduce yourself and tell our listeners what neighborhood of New York City you live in? (gasps) Yes, I'm Caitlin Kinnanen, and I live on the Upper East Side. Fabulous. Thanks for joining us today, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. Of course. We are here to talk all about queer representation in musical theater, particularly with your most recent Broadway role, Emma Nolan in The Prom. Yeah. Can you please tell us who Emma is? Emma is a 17-year-old girl who is unapologetically herself and just wants to take her girlfriend to the prom, and everyone around her says, no, you can't do that. Yes, they do. (laughs) And then uh, a group of Broadway actors come in to try to save the day. Yes. Kind of fail at first, but eventually (laughs) everything comes around, and the day is saved. 
Correct. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with the show? I know you were with it for a while before Broadway. Yeah. So I had been working on the show for, I think like it, beginning to end, it was five years. Um, and so we did a 29 hour reading of it. Then we did a lab. Then we did an out of town. Then we did another lab. And then we were on Broadway this past season. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was a long and lovely journey. Great. So uh, as we've mentioned, Emma is a lesbian, mm -hmm. teenage lesbian in Indiana. Do you think The Prom is an important piece of queer musical theater? I think it's an incredibly important piece of queer musical theater. I think it's one of the first pieces that represented a lesbian relationship in a positive light, and especially for um, LGBTQ plus youth um, of that age range, you know, for teenagers. It really let them see, like oh, no, we can be happy. We can live amazing full lives and have the love of our life and it'll be okay. Are there any moments in the show that really stood out to you as particularly notable yes. as far as queer representation? Yeah, um, I, my favorite part of the whole show always and forever has been unruly heart so it comes um towards the end of act two it's uh the, after all of the broadway performers had, have come and tried to save the day and they've held the fake prom and things are sad and horrible and she finally says you know screw it i'm gonna do this my way i've got this mm -hmm. and she just opens her soul up for the world to see it and she records it in her room on youtube and so yeah it's great. Um, it's really the moment that you, this sounds like so cheesy, but it's the moment you see Emma's heart and you see all of her and you see her like completely vulnerable and just her stating exactly what she wants. And I think it's so important and so many people can connect to it no matter what your background is. Um, and so doing that every night was really incredible. Yeah. Did you feel a responsibility to the queer community when you were portraying Emma? Yes, uh, very much so. I took it very seriously and I never wanted to um, put words into other people's mouths. You right. know, I think everyone's experience in life is completely individual. And so I tried to bring my experience, but also keep it kind of open so that people could connect with her. But I felt a huge responsibility to just like be my best self and be honest and be caring and to treat her with love and respect. And I think I did an okay job at that. But somehow I learned to see No matter what the world might say This heart is the best part of me So as far as queer characters that had been written for women, there was uh, Rent, there was Fun Home. That's kind of it. And both of those portray accurate people and like people who are real human beings in life but not ones that like I could identify with you know like I am not the like overly sexual like powerful Maureen type and I'm also not someone who struggled with the death of their father and is trying to find themselves through that that is great that those stories are being told but it was so important to me to like represent a queer youth that is just trying to live her best life um and so I think it's really important that they wrote this beautiful human being. Um, yeah, there just aren't enough queer women roles in musical theater in general. I mean, the fact that I can only name two off of the top of my head is like, wait, what? That's not okay. Emma stood in the footsteps of every queer character, I think, 
most queer people do step in the footsteps of queer people you know it's such a legacy and it's such a rich history and every single thing that a queer person does affects the next the next generation of lgbtq plus um so i think emma really kind of was a culmination of all of it um i don't think there's one specific like queer icon that she was like i think she especially was like no we have to do better we have to keep going and so she took a little bit from everything and everyone. I did not feel the need to quote unquote present gay. Um, I think some people think of that as a thing, but especially with Emma, she's just a human being. There was nothing about her that was like, oh, I'm gay. You know, that didn't matter. She was just trying to live her authentic life. And so there was no part of me that was like, oh man, I have to really embody the gayness of Emma. You know, like, I just kind of was, like, in my own body on stage. It was very uh, cool, actually, that I could just kind of, like, be me (laughs) on stage and not have to worry about, like, a physical element of it. Um, I think it's funny because people – I have uh, really weird shoulders, and they tend to be up towards my ears a lot of the time, and people assumed that that was a character choice that I was making to make Emma look awkward and – uncomfortable and I was like no that's just my body that's not something I'm trying to do on stage that's just happening so of course you were making major strides at the Longacre every night but during the course of the run you and your fellow castmates did several press appearances on tv you had the glad media awards the tony awards the world pride closing ceremony Mm -hmm. what an exciting time for the show it was amazing play here um but I want to talk about one particular tv appearance and that is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 2018. Yes. You and Isabel McCalla, who mm-hmm. played Alyssa, Emma's girlfriend in the show, made history um, by being the first people to share a queer kiss on the parade. What was that like? It was incredible. Um, it, it, it just was a completely overwhelming and amazing and love-filled experience. Um, we didn't really know how big of a deal it would be be like we thought it was awesome but then what the nation brought to us full was just like love and happiness and like seeing themselves portrayed on tv and in a family environment where it's like no love can look like this love does look like this families can be whatever you make them and so it was really just wonderful to be a part of and we are very grateful that we got to have that opportunity because it's really special and it should have happened years ago but it happened then so we're Mm -hmm. good onward and upward yeah and it also made it clear, I think, that it's still a story that needs to be told yes. beyond the celebration because there were yes. there was some pushback totally. uh, from audiences. And I think it was beautiful that you yeah. all were able to share that message of love and hope beyond that end. Yes. Yeah, I think Give that message to the show in especially. general was really interesting because so many people, especially in New York, would come and see it and say, oh, well we're good. Like this doesn't happen anymore. And it it actually happens every year. Every year there are proms that get canceled or students who are barred from going to their prom because they are LGBTQ+. It happens every year. And so this is a story that needs to be continued to be told. Mm -hmm. So I'm very glad that it is. Yeah. All right. So also I want to talk a little bit about another uh, aspect of you playing Emma. When you began your run with the show, you identified as a straight ally. Yes. Um, but a few months into the run, you came out as queer in an interview. Did that change your experience of playing Emma? No. Honestly, like, yeah. uh, 
it's very interesting. You yeah. know, I identified as a straight ally, um, but I think that was just, you know, like how we're pre-programmed and what I felt comfortable saying. And like, yes, Emma did give me the courage to really own up to my full being, but it didn't then change the way I was playing her. You know, like she's still a real person. She's still she's still struggling with all of this. So me coming out had no effect effect on her but she had an effect on me if that makes any sense and not an effect of like oh my god I'm playing a lesbian I should be a lesbian but like the effect of like no this person is so confident in who she is I need to do that I need to be confident Mm -hmm. in who I am I'm very fortunate and I am a straight presenting white female I have a family who loves me and supports me in everything I do. I have a community who supports me and loves me in everything I do. I was not afraid to come out. Um, It was actually very easy for me and kind of, not kind of, it wasn't a big deal. You know, I did think like, oh, people might think I'm doing this as a publicity stunt. I certainly got those messages being like, hey, are you doing this because you're playing a lesbian? And I wasn't, so it didn't matter to me. I also am confident in who I am, so I'm like, well, you can go screw off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very privileged and I wasn't afraid of that. And I do not take that for granted. I know that a lot of people do not have that experience. And I hate that. I hate that people can't feel confident in who they are. So I'm very lucky. Did it change uh, the way the audience interacted with you at all? Honestly, I don't think so. We had such an amazing fan base who were so supportive from day one. I think they all were just like, yeah, you go. You do you. It doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. That's great. It was cool. There are so many people who have reached out and who are still reaching out to say that they feel seen and validated. Um, And that's amazing. The one story that like sticks with me to this day and probably will for a very long time was this um this girl came up to me at the stage door and she like grabbed onto my shoulders and like kind of pulled me close and I was like oh god what's happening um and she was like I'm gay my mom is standing right behind me and I haven't told her yet I don't know what to do but I want to say thank you for this show um and it just like the fact that she had to pull me in and whisper that to me in front of her mom was so powerful and heartbreaking and like had so many people stories um and so many people experienced that and so that's the one that really like I mean there are so many that got to me and continue to get to me but that one just like oh it yeah it was really hard to do the show that night social media has opened up a lot of uh things that weren't open I think a few years ago it was yeah I am an actor I perform on stage I go home I am Caitlin now it's a blessing and a curse that these people who come and see the show are like oh I can communicate with this person I can reach out to them I can send fan mail I can send a dm I can do all of these different things to talk to them and it's it's interesting the people who treat you like the character you're playing and then the people who treat you as an individual and that line blurs so often and it blurs for me as an individual and sometimes it's really easy for me to separate the two and sometimes it's not I had to um like halfway through the run I had to stop stage dooring because I was getting so affected by it you know there's only so much 
I as an individual, as Caitlin, can take on a daily basis. And so to like go and be in the mental place of Emma and then go to the stage door and have at least 45 minutes of people saying, you're telling my story, you're telling my story, I haven't come out. I'm struggling with this. I feel so grateful that people feel comfortable telling me those things, but at a certain point, it's overwhelming, and I, as an empath and an introvert, can't function with all of that energy coming at me. So, yeah, it's very difficult, and it's, for me, I think for other people, it really is just, like, part of the job, and they're like, oh, I do my show on stage, and then I do my show at the stage door, and then I go home and am myself, but for me, it's it's just it's difficult <laughs> it's difficult so i want to open up the conversation a little bit more mm-hmm. and uh, go into the broader scope of queer yes. representation in musical theater how do you feel about the current state of it both on and off stage i think the current state is okay and i think we could do much better um but i definitely think we are going in the right direction and we just need to keep pushing and keep being proactive and keep being open you know I think we've made some really great steps in the last 10 years um but I just want us to go further you know so we're in a really good place but we can be even better how can we be better uh tell stories that aren't being told you know the fact that Emma was one of the first positive lesbian stories like let's tell more of those and one of the first at the center of the story period exactly let's tell people's stories you know let's give voices to those who don't necessarily have their voices heard all the time because that's what's important and that's storytelling and that is what we as artists can do and make it so that others can empathize with it and so we just need to keep going and keep telling more stories about real people right Um, Do you think that giving queer identifying individuals opportunities to create queer roles, both as writers and performers, creates a richer theatrical experience? Yes. Yes, Yes, it does. does. I mean, could you imagine if I was like, no, I don't think it does. No, of (laughs) course it does. I think um, individuals have stories to tell. And no matter who that individual is, it's important that they feel they can tell a story that is true to their authentic self. And it just goes back to what I was saying, that more people need to be doing that and we need to listen to them and we need to hear their stories. So Mm -hmm. I think any queer person needs to like shout it from the rooftops and tell their stories and keep writing good pieces, no matter what Mm -hmm. that piece is. You know, if it's a book, if it's a show, if it's a musical, a TV show, like any form of this needs to be done. Actors can be proactive in moving stories with queer characters forward by using their voice. Um, I think we have a really great platform where we don't necessarily get to make creative decisions, but we get to use our voices. We get to say what we are thinking and people will listen to us via social media, in the room, all of it. Speak up say that you want more of these stories. Keep telling these stories. The more we talk about it, the more normal it will become and the more there will be. So I think it's just very important for actors to speak up. Now, you just mentioned writers. Do you think that queer actors need to be the ones playing queer roles necessarily? I think um, I think it's important that that happens, but I also am a firm believer that we are actors and it is our job to embody other people. Right. Um, but obviously I think 
you should really try to find someone who identifies as what that is because, you know, we're out there and can do it. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. To wrap up our chat today, we asked Caitlin if she had any advice for future performers taking on the role of Emma. Treat her with kindness and uh, love and just be nice to her. That's all. Special thanks to Caitlin Kinnanen for sharing her stories with us this week. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Jackson Klein, and Mo Brady we have a brand new way to support the Ensemblist. We've joined Patreon, where you can support the work we do here for as little as $5 a month. Check us out there at patreon.com slash the Ensemblist. The Ensemblist is so proud to be a part of the Broadway Podcast Network. If you can't get enough of theater conversations directed into your earbuds from us, there are more than 30 other great theater podcasts to listen to. Check all of them out at bpn.fm. Please help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. And be sure to follow The Ensemblist on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website, where we share the stories of talented artists working in Broadway ensembles. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.